Wait a second. I thought this was season two. Good evening or good night to everyone, wherever you're at. We all want to welcome you back to a brand new season of March Walk Across America. However, this season, there will be no walking. We'll get to that in a second. It's the doc leading the way with musical genius, Mike Alday. We got the man himself, Mark Chuck Dudek, and his classmate, friend, and partner for this new journey, John Reed. Gentlemen, it's been a while. How we doing? What's been going on? Mike, let's start with you. Woo! I'm pumped to be back. It's it's good talking to you guys, and uh, I'm really excited to talk about this new topic here. But for myself personally, I moved to Austin, Texas, so reporting live from the ATX. Um, I'm a freight broker. I got a job, and uh, excited to talk to you guys. What about you, Vibes? Uh, since the last time we talked, yeah, just finished... Uh... Been to school, graduated, moved out to Boston. I'm a transportation associate at Amazon. So I move tractor trailers, or not tractor trailers, trailers for a living. Chuck, how about yourself, buddy? Appreciate it, Doc. Gentlemen, let me say, it's great to be back in business, baby. Let's get it. Um, But yeah, nothing too crazy going on. It's been, I've been in physical therapy school for about a year now so just been kind of stuck in the school grind um enjoying that start my first clinical rotation up in the summer um but yeah nothing nothing too crazy going on um up until now which we're about to talk about um and now let me introduce you to legendary john reed who again he is also in school with me john uh if you just want to tell us who you are and how I roped you into doing this with us. Yeah, sounds good. Well, thanks for having me on. Um, so I, I don't know, I met Chuck probably, was that sophomore or junior year on Flora Street, an undergrad. Uh, and then from there on out, just kind of, I don't know, came friends, met Iden, met Mike, and now we're all here. So I don't know, it's pretty, pretty excited to be a part of this. It was sweet to see you do the walk and I'm excited to get started. So. Absolutely. And uh, again, glad seeing everyone in the same uh, Zoom conference, at least. But um, without further ado, gentlemen, why are we here? So we will be on beginning on May 2nd. We'll be biking from the shores of Lake Erie, starting in Cleveland, Ohio, and riding, I think it's about 1,600 miles. We'll be riding all the way to Miami, Florida, um, the shores of the Gulf Coast. All right. So <laughs> for those who are familiar with our podcast last season, as Iden had mentioned in the beginning, uh, Mark Chuck Dudek had walked the span of the United States, um, and we followed him weekly on that journey. And they've got a new one. Um, this time he's got a counterpart, John, that we had introduced here. Um, yeah, so this method is biking. Um, why biking? What's up with that? Uh, well, number one, I can't even walk really right now. 
<laughs> my foot's in a boot. But number two, I mean, so in general, I kind of got the idea of a bike um, while I was doing the walk. Just I met a lot of cross-country bikers. Um, I don't know if you guys remember Ryan, who I met in Georgia. I stayed with a lot of cyclists um, through the Warm Showers app, and they all kind of hyped up the whole uh, cycling touring, as they call it. Um, and I kind of kept the thought in the back of my mind, like, dang, that's pretty cool. You can see so much more. in so such a little time span where it's walking, you're going 20, 30 miles a day max, whereas biking, you could, you could hit up to a hundred in a day. Um, while you're still, it's still like a manpower journey. It's an endurance journey. Um, you'll still be able to meet people along the way. Like it, it kind of kills two birds with one stone. Um, as far as that goes. And, uh, I mean, now I just, just don't have like four months where I can take, take a break from everything. I got, I got two more years left of school here. So yeah, that's all I really have time to do, but I, I'm just excited to get started. Well, absolutely. And I mean, I, I'm never surprised. I mean, initially I'm like, oh, wow, he's, he's going to do this now, <laughs> but just growing up with you and knowing you, it's, I'm almost not surprised. It's like, all right, here's his next thing. And, and that's awesome. And I love being here every part of the way for it. But my question to John is how'd you get roped into this? <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think Chuck and I kind of share some similar interests and I don't know, we ran a lot, uh, not, not as much recently, but uh, this past summer, early fall, something we kind of talked about. And I mean, I, I mean, his walk was awesome and he kind of expressed some interest in doing something like this and, I said, yeah, man, that'd be sweet. So um, we both kind of got a little banged up. So we were both kind of biking anyways and uh, decided to make some lemonade out of lemons and just kind of go all in on this. So um, for me, this is something that like will be new to me, a new like type of adventure and trip, but I'm excited. Um, it should be a good time. And, you know, I really, I respect Mark's experience, like from the walk. And I'm sure that's something we'll lean on, like moving forward, like, a lot of this is a lot of unknown in the planning. And that's something that I think, you know, Mark has a good understanding of. And I mean, hope definitely, I mean, it's an asset um, because there's a lot of unpredictability with what we're doing. So I think having, you know, couldn't pick anyone, anyone better to go out and do something for the first time with. I think right that back feeling, at you, sir. Sorry, yeah, sorry, Mike, no, to cut you off. I think no. that's almost contagious though. Um, real fast. It reminds me of like <laughs> Forrest Gump in the movie when he starts running and people start like joining him. You know, I, th I think when I, when you look at people just doing crazy things, there's a weird, I don't know, just some sort of feeling inside. It's like, all right, I kind of want to do that too. So props to you, John, for actually going through with it and, um, you know, join his crazy ass. So sorry, Chuck, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say no, no better person to, do something like this with me like probably the toughest person i know i mean in like just just his build you wouldn't expect him to be like a runner endurance guy i mean he was just, he was his center on on uh his high school football team and now he's out he freaking ran the cincinnati marathon in in october and oh, wow. something else we also i don't know if we talked about this at all we did the um, David Goggins four by four by 48 challenge in the summer together, which is also, that was like a, both of our first like endurance challenge together, which is um, what, can you go over that? So we ran, 
uh, four miles every four hours uh, for a total of 48 hours, 48 miles total. Well, I mean, how'd that go? I mean, <laughs> that sounds like a feat in itself. I mean, honestly, I don't know about you, John. The it the running aspect was a little easier. the The hardest part were um, some GI distress issues in that second day. Uh, John, I, I don't I don't know what you think. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Going to class between runs that was pretty good too. Uh, that was fun. Um, we were lucky to have a lot of classmates come out and run with us and a lot of support. So it turned out being like a really fun, really fun thing to do. And definitely something I'd do again. Um, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, the, uh, the food situation and the appetite and, uh, the whole digestive, digestive track. Yeah. About 36 hours in that kind of just, yeah. Stopped functioning, but it was a good time. I don't know that, but yeah, that was part that was the first like stupid thing, I guess we like, like this we've done. So I don't know, but we had run, we ran together a bunch. So, you know, still like training for this together. So I think like that camaraderie will carry us, I think a good amount, but yeah. Absolutely. And so it sounds like you've done things prior and both of you are athletes and trainers. So what have you done specifically to train for this bike trip and kind of part two to that? What is your history in biking? Have you ever been like really into it or is it kind of a newer thing for you guys? me personally absolutely no experience so i think like that's been like my biggest like anxiety with this whole thing is just like the unknown with it like i mean like our like prep i guess if you even want to call it a prep like it's basically been just like get to the rack and hop on the bike every morning and i don't know we have like i mean our we just no experience so i think like you know when you train for like a marathon or something like that you know it's pretty straightforward it's like run x amount of miles like each day and like that's difficult but there's no like you know a certainty you'll be be prepared and then like the race itself is like in a vacuum like with this like it's not just the physical it's also like mechanical issues like logistics um you know where we're going to stay where we're going to eat so i think that definitely adds another layer to it um so the planning process itself has been pretty involved but um i don't know mark we've had some pretty pretty funny training stories so i don't know if you want to share those yeah. i guess no, we have already. Um, well, first, first of all, they, I guess to answer the first part of the question, my history with, with biking is pretty much the same as John's. Like it's literally riding my dad's 30 year old mountain bike to class and home. Like that's, that's literally it. Um, but yeah, training wise, um, we've done some rides outside on the, on the trail. Um, but it's been, I mean, when we try to go, it's usually in the mornings and it's, sub 30 degrees um the first time we did it we i mean like running running in cold weather isn't hard because you you warm up you warm up quickly and then i don't know why we were just really dumb i think it was like i don't know like 28 degrees that morning we're like all right throw on a few layers like sweatpants hat we'll we'll be solid and we plan to go out for maybe like like a three four hour ride it was it was no no more than like half an hour in hands were completely numb feet were completely numb like on a bike you don't warm up you it's you warm up when you stop <laughs> like we had we we literally had to stop biking so many times 
to like walk around and let like blood circulate to our feet. It was, it was really bad. So, I mean, that's a good experience to have uh, at that stage of the game, I guess, because now um, we'll be prepared for if it's cold during our journey. But um, to, I guess, to expand on what John was saying about, about I, th- I think physically that might be the easiest part. The, the planning, the, we have no idea really how to um, like fix a bike if something goes wrong. We will have to. I mean, we've already been watching and doing a bunch of research on that. Um, we'll have to uh, leverage our resources, um, as our professor Becky would say. Um, we'll have to leverage our resources kind of in the towns to like fix stuff. And then just along the way, maybe look up videos if something goes wrong. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting. A lot of stuff could go bad, but that's part of the fun, you know? No, Absolutely. I think that's crazy. Oh, no, go ahead. Let me, let me, I was just going to say, because you just were talking about your resources, is how is that going to, like, how much different is that going to be with this biking trip? Because when you were, when you were on your car, you were pushing a car, so you could put all your things in that cart. But with the fact of from food, water, probably maybe something to help fix the bike, maybe um, just any of that sort, I'm assuming you're going to have to pack a little lighter just because you don't want to have a heavy backpack on. Now, granted, the trip is a lot shorter, but you still need your, you know, your tuna packets and, you know, soy butter. So, oh, uh, you, you need the soy butter. You're you're completely right about that, Doc. Um, no, I. So luckily, I mean, on the we're definitely gonna be we're definitely gonna have to pack lighter. You're completely correct about that. Um, but the good thing is, like most often we'll we'll be passing through towns every few hours because we'll be covering a lot more mileage easy so hit a gas station grab grab some grab some snacks um you, you, we won't have to care like i was carrying food sometimes for like three four days water right, for three right. four days right we won't have to be doing that hopefully so uh, yeah okay that makes sense because that was something that i was just like curious because i was like i didn't know how much different that was going to be and then i know like from a strategic, because John, you said it was just like places to sleep. You know, I know you had some difficulties, Chuck, walking using that one app. I forgot. I think it was like I forgot what that app was called. Wasn't that designed for bikers? Yeah, warm showers. Some some was dude warm got showers? pissed yeah. at me and he messaged me. Yeah, like, that's this is was... for. He said this is for cyclists only. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I don't think you'll have any of those problems if you use you should be able to use that warm showers app for this yes. month. Right. So yeah, luckily we kind of, we kind of on our route, we mapped it out in like a path where we'll be passing through a lot of areas where there's a bunch of warm shower hosts. So um, luckily, luckily we'll have those resources available. Hopefully we'll be able to use them most of the time. Um, and yeah, uh, luckily, luckily too, I, was able to stay with a, a few of them and they have some positive reviews for me. So like people would be like, all right, this guy has stayed with people. He's a good, he's like not some weirdo off the street. I mean, I am, but uh, people have said good things about me, I guess. And then, yeah, it, hopefully that goes well. No, absolutely. Do you think, uh, cause I'm trying to think of your route, which honestly, this would be a good time to bring it up. I was, um, I was literally, I was looking at his route Mike, I didn't mean to cut you off, but oh, that's yeah. what I was I was gonna ask. I was gonna follow up with that just because you use warm showers. 
I don't remember how if you used it in Georgia, but I was looking at your route, and it looks like compared to your walk, the only state that you'll go through will be Georgia. So are you going to see any familiar faces that you used the first time? So that's a great question. So hopefully one. Um, I actually found them. I, I think it was Rick and Margaret. Very first people I stayed with in Georgia. It was probably like a week into the walk. Um, I'm sure I'm sure one of the first few podcasts, I, I talked a lot about them. So hopefully, I'm, I'm definitely going to hit them up when we get close to that area. And hopefully, they'll, they'll welcome us in again. I mean, if not, it's not a huge deal. But but that would be awesome just to reconnect with them. They were, they were super nice, super generous, just like everyone else I met along the way. But that would be a crazy, like over a year, year ago and, and seeing them again, like probably neither of us thought that would ever happen. So looking forward to that potentially. But yeah, part of that. Oh, also we'll be going through there, that area. And then I don't know if you remember when that dog followed me for like 30 miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be on that road for a while. Oh, really? Okay. So, so I'm gonna try to find him. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be fun if you guys got to link up for this. Wasn't it like a dirt road or something? It was a really sketchy road, though. No, there was uh, something. There was something that made it weird. No. Oh, there's a dude following me. Yeah, the dude following you. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. See if you find him too. I was scared. Catch, yeah. <laughs> catch that story in season one, baby. <laughs> For all the new listeners out there. Right, right. So um, I'm looking at your route, which I believe would be accessible to those listening. Um, so it looks like you're starting in Avon Lake, which is Cleveland area, Ohio. You said going down to Miami. Um, why this route? Again, I'm sure people could actually see it, but the way I see it, it kind of curves a little bit to the west, um, kind of through Cincinnati and down Kentucky, almost through Charlotte, or not Charlotte, never mind, just uh, western North Carolina. Um, why this route exactly? Is there like a highway system you're following? or? Well, a lot of it, like we we're planning, like we followed like the warm showers, like hubs. So we have 20 waypoints selected, and that like basically was just housing-based. Um, and then also to try to pass through some bigger cities for like resources. Um, we did take, like, when we go East, like past Knoxville, that was intentional. We're going to bike through the, uh, Smoky, Smoky mountains national park. Um, so that was something, that's something we're both looking forward to. So, um, that was put in on purpose. And as far as that, I mean, and then the starting end point, um, we can get in this later, but we wanted to start and end at a body of water, um, for you know we're trying to raise money for a clean water project so we thought that'd be meaningful to start um at two bodies of water and just cool like i think it's just the u.s has like i mean the geography is really interesting that you know i mean 1600 miles really isn't that far but we're starting at a lake and ending like on a coastline like by an ocean so i think that's also just kind of interesting um as well no, absolutely and i think you mentioned it before we, the the time frame is roughly how many days how many miles again so like, like John said, we have 20 waypoints. So if, if everything goes according to plan, which I mean, with something like this, there's, there's going to be roadblocks that come up. It's, it's inevitable, but we have 20 days scheduled out for biking, averaging about 80 miles per day. Um, 
but it's, it's, it's a tentative plan. Just, just like, just like the walk. I kind of had days mapped out, but after the first few weeks, I didn't really follow that at all. So it's going to depend on how we're feeling. I mean, the Smokies are going to be sick, but I think over the course, I don't know how accurate this is, but over the course of it, our elevation gain is like 46,000 feet total, which is, which is like, I mean, Everest is like 30,000 feet tall above sea level. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And then th- that's all in the first half. Cause the second half will be riding across the coastline, which is all flat. So we could be absolutely mangled. Um, and one other thing about the route, John, John kind of gave you like the, the nice answer. Honestly, the, the way we chose where we were going, we really just wanted to stop by Mad Mike's in Cincinnati. Oh, Mad Mike's, my favorite. Oh, that's got to be a tasty burger. I mean, you earned that one. <laughs> um, I, think, I, I think that's the good luck, the good luck to the start of the journey. Yeah. Because, you know. Haven't left Ohio yet, so might as well right before you leave, devour two juicy, delicious shroomins from Mad Mike's, maybe with some fries. I honestly, I think what I'm gonna do is like get like a backpack cooler, equip it with like ice packs, like refill them throughout the day, get right. one of each burger and eat one Ooh. per day. Ooh, that's a that's a really good idea. I think if you have the capabilities, you should. Because, I mean, you want to talk about the energy that you'll get from those burgers. Yeah, the energy will offset any additional weight added. To right, it right. Carrying. And with the house made in sauce. So <laughs> it's going to be great. Good fuel for the road. So <laughs> looping back <laughs> into the route. Um, I know you said that it's kind of based on where you guys are staying. Um, but do you have a general like average of how many miles you're going to bike a day. I mean, cause in my head, I don't know if it is it 30, is it 50, is it a hundred? Yeah. So it evens out to around 80 a day. I'm pretty sure. Um, but there's wow. some, some days we were think, thinking more in, in like the hundred, some days a little lighter. Um, then, and that's just connecting like city to city or waypoint to waypoint. And I mean, there's, yeah, there's some areas where there's just absolutely nothing for, for a while. Um, so we'll either have to like stealth camp or there, there's a lot of campsites around where we are. So I think, I think we'll be able to find like actual campsites on pretty much every, every night for the, at the very least. But again, that's, that's tentative. Who knows how our bodies are going to handle it, but hopefully they adapt well to that's that cycling for eight, 10 hours a day. Sure. And so 80, roughly 80 a day. What is the longest you guys have done training? Um, long as we did, we did hundred miles on an indoor stationary bike. Oh, nice. So that, that was about like a four and a half, five hour ride. Um, but, uh, we're, weather's looking good. So we're heading up to the trail this weekend and hopefully we'll log some miles, but, and that's been also the tough part with the weather. Like uh, we don't have the clothes, like bike clothing, like, so it's not, yeah. So going out, I mean, our first experience, like Chuck said, was pretty horrendous. So we've been waiting for a bit of a weather window, but share our fitness is at this weekend and hopefully i think i mean as long as it's flat that should be pretty doable but we'll be doing a lot of climbing and i think that's gonna play a bigger factor than we want to believe it will so we'll see how that pans out yeah absolutely and i'm trying to think so back to the walk chuck that you did 
I would say like most days you kind of got up at a decent hour and you walked until roughly it was dark. Is that kind of like your, your game plan as well? Can you fit 80 miles in a, what do you call it? Daylight, I guess. Yeah, I, I think for sure we can, especially now at this time of year, we have a lot more hours of daylight compared to when I was, when I was walking, it was, it was in the middle of winter. So there'd be some days, I think maybe it was like, nine eight eight nine hours of, of light we'll be we'll be able to probably get up around get up around like 5 36 hit, hit the road by like 6 30 probably won't get dark till like i mean probably to like eight eight nine o'clock so i think we'll easily be able to fit it in cool and just because i brought up the, the walk i mean i think there's a lot of similarities in what you're doing but i'm sure a lot of differences as well and you could attest to that I'm sure. And we could talk after, <laughs> but, um, how did the walk, I guess, influence you to do this or did it? Um, and where did this idea kind of stem? You, you touched upon that before, but how much did the walk influence this trip? Yeah. So pretty much like what I said before, just throughout the walk, I've met a very through, through warm showers and, um, just people I met on the road. I met a lot of cyclists, a lot, and they like I I would always like pound them with with questions about like kind of logistics of what they did like how easy is it what is it is it worth it is it fun and they all they all like had no negative reviews like they they encouraged me to do something like that one day and I I was like yeah that sounds awesome I just got to get 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 a good bike and I could see myself out doing that. Um, sometime soon i mean that honestly it was in the back of my mind as being my next adventure regardless because i knew i'd be on a time crunch um it was just a matter of getting a bike sure and this next question goes to both you guys do you find that you're the people that almost like crave adrenaline or whatever you want to call this like is that just something that you guys kind of like really yearn for and long for like it's something you need to do um, I don't want to say like an addiction, like that's a little aggressive, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Is that something you guys feel or is it just like, eh, whatever else do it? Not, not necessarily like, like an addiction to adrenaline, but maybe, maybe like an urge an urge for adventure. I mean, not, not to sound cheesy, but I'm just, I'm just trying to live life to its, to its fullest. Um, but let, I have like a little analogy for that. So like, and I, I've heard this somewhere else. I'm not sure who said it. So don't credit me entirely on this one. Um, so I look like I look at our time in this in this world as like like a tank of gas in a car. Like we kind of start with that tank on on full and then it's up to what we do in our life to to see how much we have left at the end. And some people kind of live their lives like not really doing anything too crazy, um, just kind of getting by. And when their time in this world is done, they have like half a tank left and they look back um, and they're like, dang, I, I wish I did a lot more with my time on earth, you know? Um, and I, I just kind of think about that and I don't want to be that person. Like when I'm 80 years old, I want to look back and know I squeezed every last ounce of gas out of that tank, you know, like, like, have you ever driven your car when the gas is like below the line for E, but somehow it's still moving? that's that's where i want to be so that's i I don't know 
I mean, I definitely, definitely agree with that. Um, this isn't like a thrill thing for me at all. I think what like attracts me to this is also just like the self-exploration. Like when you're just on a bike for like, you know, eight hours a day, I think that's, you know, I mean, that's why I kind of in like endurance sports as well. It's just like time to spend in thought. Um, I think you learn a lot about yourself too, by just like exposing yourself to difficult things. Um, I mean, like Chuck and I's life right now is just like students, like it's not like overly difficult. You just kind of go to class and you study. So like to be able to like have like the opportunity in the window to go do something and go learn something about ourselves and, you know, grow as humans. Like, I think these are the experiences that you gain a lot from. And that's what I'm looking forward to. It's not really about like going out and trying to like prove something or trying to say, Hey, like, look at what we did. This is awesome. Like it's more so just kind of learning something about myself and, you know, just having those memories. And, you know, I, I completely agree. Just like life's what you make it. So go, go do something with it, I guess. No, agree, John. I think, I think you worded that perfectly. And I know Chuck, you and I, we've talked about it a lot in the past. It's just like, I mean, John, you just touched on it. Like being in college, like, yeah, we have obligations with like school, but there's also still a lot of free time, a lot of opportunity to do stuff with, you know, a lot of your close friends. And, you know, this is the time for all of us and really anybody to really just go out and just have fun, essentially, not really worry about, you know, any other repercussions other than trying something new, trying to push yourself and experience something different, which, I mean, I guess kind of brings it back to you, Chuck. And I mean, John, absolutely go ahead. But I mean, you kind of touched base on, on it, but like going into it, because I know uh, I don't know if you gave the exact start date yet. I don't know if you've mentioned that, but it's not that far away. So have you thought about like maybe some like things that personally are really, you're really looking forward to Chuck. I know for you, I mean, off rip, I know having John with you is going to be exciting as you did the walk by yourself, but is there anything else like specifically that you're more excited for now coming out of that trip? Yeah, honest, honestly, just being out on the road, it's ho- such a whole different perspective. And I know, I mean, you can compare it to like, if you ever go out on like a camping trip or a trip where you're just kind of out in the wilderness, you kind of disconnect from what's going on in society and and you forget about everything. Like we've been, I mean, we've been in school just like going hard, hitting the books for a year now and really haven't had much time to just kind of disconnect with all that stuff, forget about those stresses. And literally all you have to worry about, get up, bike, eat food, sleep, repeat, like life's that simple. And it'll be nice. Hopefully we'll see some pretty sweet nature. We'll see some, some ocean waves. We'll see some great lakes. Um, And there's so many unknowns that'll come and that's, all the fun too and we'll probably meet so many great people um and luckily we'll be able to tell you guys all the stories um and and share it with everyone that's what i'm excited about i I completely agree i feel like we've been i don't do well sitting at a desk and we've been doing a lot of that this past year starting our our pt program and it's kind of full steam since last summer so i can't wait to shut the brain off so and just go do this i mean there really wasn't a perfect time to do this, but you kind of just make it a perfect time. So at a month, month off between our last, our finals and our start of our clinicals. So we just said, why not? Hell with it. So 
technically do have a class online, but we'll figure that out. Oh, did you guys hear that? Uh-oh. You know oh what that God. means? It's Q&A with Mike all day. Yeah. And welcome back to another edition oh, of was, Q&A. I needed that, man. I needed that. <laughs> you don't understand. So uh, this, when we recorded this podcast, um, it's not really public information that they were doing it. Um, but I reached out to a few people that maybe were just kind of like a third party that wouldn't really think, you know, we wouldn't spread the rumors or release any information before it's actually released. Uh, so we got a few questions here, though, for you guys. Um, the first one comes from my dear friend and old roommate, Nolan Yeager. He asked, and you touched on this before, but a little bit more in detail. He asked, are you training on how to fix bikes prior to going out? And if so, how much research have you done? First of all, what up, Nolan? Thanks for the question. Um, I mean, we, we need to do a lot more of that, to be completely honest with you. I think we're physically pretty prepared. Uh, Maintenance-wise, we're not. And we have three weeks to figure that out. I mean, the extent of our knowledge is just some like YouTube videos and some YouTube searches. So I, I think we're looking to hopefully find an old bike in one of our garages when we're done with finals and just kind of rip it apart and try to put it back together. But yeah, that's definitely one of our major weaknesses because we don't, that's something we got sure of for sure. So if anyone listening to knows their way around a bike and can offer any, any advice on just necessary things we need to know how to fix, um, hit us up. Yes, please. That would be greatly appreciated. All right. Thank you, Nolan. Next question comes from Craven Moorhead. Craven asks, oh, come on now. <laughs> are there any, excuse me, uh, Craven asks, are there any landmarks or stops that you want to hit along the way? Um, I know you said the, the Smoky Mountains. Are there anything else, uh, whether it be, you know, like a building, a city, anything like that? Um, so we, we ride it through Savannah, Savannah, Georgia, because we thought it'd be pretty cool. I'm excited. I've never been to Knoxville. So I think yeah, Knoxville that's what cool. I was going to say. Yeah. Knoxville. And just honestly, the whole coastline of Florida, you hit yeah. like all the huge like beach cities there. Everything yeah. will be gone through. So yeah, I, I'm glad to hear Craven's doing well, though. I haven't heard from him in a while. Yeah. Shout out Craven. Thanks for the question. Uh, next question comes from Ryan Game. Ryan asks, where will you poop? Damn, that's a good question, honestly. What up, Ryan? <laughs> Mike, who is who is that? That's that's what I was gonna ask. That name is familiar. I don't know. I don't uh, know relation. Ryan is my lady friend. Oh, 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 wow, lady friend, Greg, Greg. <laughs> I lit her on the inside scoop. I told her not to tell anyone. Heck yeah! Thanks, Ryan. Hope you're doing well. First of all, and great question. Um, I mean, I, I think it's the same with the walk, just kind of figure out, hopefully gas stations will be open. If not, just pop a squat in the woods. Hope no one's around. Pack that TP. Quick follow-up with that, um, question from Michael day here. Are you packing TP? And if so, what brand are you going to use? Personally, I think we gotta go with Charmin. I think if you're going to have to carry that weight you carry something good yeah that's it 
I agree. I haven't thought about it at all, but I'm I'm all in on Charmin. Probably number one on my big board of toilet paper rankings. You would almost have to because, I mean, if you think about it, the commercials, right? Like the Bears are so positive about this brand. Like they're so happy just to use Charmin. And if you're going to be sitting on a seat all day, I feel like you just got to like, you, you got to go strong. So Absolutely. I would agree. Cleanliness, cleanliness is going to be huge, especially like you just said, Mike, sitting on a bike for 80 miles. The tush better be clean. And Charmin will do that. That's honestly been, been sponsored by Charmin. <laughs> that's honestly been one of the more like one of the like more underrated things. Like like our butts are like the soreness. Like that's been like one of like I'd say like one of the bigger difficulties like training and like ramping up is like the continual rides. Like that's been something I have not expected whatsoever. I heard that. And uh I think this is a good time to wrap up QA. Uh, again, I try to keep it an inside circle a little bit there. Um, so thanks for those submissions, and I'm sure we'll have more going forward. So this has been another session of Q&A with Mike all day. So moving on, um, we talked about the seats. Johnny, you just mentioned that. Um, so talk about your equipment a little bit. What bikes are you using? Um, have you upgraded the seats? Um, you know, any other equipment, anything you... Are you going to be wearing helmets? It's kind of like a motherly question, but you know, if you're biking that long, I'm sure it'd be smart. I don't know. Walk us through that. Sorry, <laughs> John. I'll let you start with this one because it's kind of it's kind of a long story about how I acquired my bike. Yeah. So, like me, me personally, I'm just using like an old bike I had, and I got like a back rack, like a rack that goes with a real wheel and some saddlebags for that, um, and just kind of like just trying to like customize that cheaply. Um, there's a lot of great re- resources like online for like, people who've done this. So um, my kit's not like very fancy, but it should get the job done. Um, and then Mark can get further into this, um, but he um, he reached out to Katie Spots um, who awards adventure grants for people. Um, and she was generous enough to uh, allow us to uh, borrow her bike and her bike kit that she's used for some of her bike trips. So that's what Mark will be riding on and he can touch on that. Yeah. So like, like John said, I won this adventure grant from a very tremendous and inspiring lady named Katie spots. Um, I first heard of her probably, it was probably like around a year ago. She was actually on the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, and she, she's actually from Cleveland, Ohio, which is a crazy coincidence. I was just kind of randomly listening to an episode um, and she has all sorts of endurance accomplishment achievements, just to, just to name a few. So you guys like know this lady's legit. Um, she, she set a record for the youngest person to row, um, across the Atlantic ocean solo. So she straight up by herself rowed across the ocean. Like I can't even fathom that. Um, she the, the most recent thing she did she set a, a guinness world record for the most consecutive days to run an ultra marathon distance um and that's that was actually from cincinnati to cleveland she ran um she did a 375 mile non-stop bike ride in 24 hours um she she cycled across america um she was the first to swim the 325 mile Allegheny river. And that's just to name a few. She, 
I actually, I think it was literally like, like two or three weeks ago. She, uh, inline skated 119 miles across the Florida keys. So, um, yeah, this lady's no joke. And I, I followed her on Instagram after I heard that episode. It's like, dang, I can't wait to see what she does next, you know? And, um, I see she's, uh, she has this adventure grant that I could apply for. Right. So I, I applied to that. It was a really easy application. Probably took about five minutes. Maybe I had to answer a few questions. Um, and what do you know? I, I, I won one of the spots. Um, I told her what I like, want to do some sort of bike ride. Um, and she's like, Hey, like I, I noticed like the thing, the only thing you really need is like a bike to do it. I can either give you like this, this amount of money or you can use my bike, which her bike is like super, super nice. It's, it has these bags already equipped on the side. So we'll be able to put our gear in there. And I was like, yeah, I'd gladly do that if you're cool with it. And yeah, we've been um, kind of messaging about it back and forth. And um, I'll be able to pick that bike up in Cleveland here. And dang, in like a week or so now, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how I stumbled onto a bike to use. So that everything kind of worked its way out. That's really cool. I, you know, I think I've, I've heard of her and then maybe it's because you introduced her, but, um, I looked up for some of her achievements and they're just unreal. Like, you know, the things you listed off and like you said, she was on Rogan before and just, and she was what, 22 when she rode across the Atlantic. Yeah, I think so. It is really young. I'm 23, almost 24 at this point, And (laughs) I, I can barely go more than, 20 feet in the water without getting scared like i can't even imagine that that's um, what i'm saying so yeah that's that's really cool that she did this um and, and the whole grant and everything um i think we'll probably circle a little bit more in that towards the end if that's all right with you guys um kind of going back or keeping the theme rather of the equipment and whatnot i'm sure people are thinking when i ask a question like do you guys have extra tires at least um do you anticipate on flats um i know you you gotta expect the unexpected right but i don't know if you would things like that that will be on you yeah so we're carrying like the uh inner tubes so um you remove the tire and the the inner tubes just inflate inflate so we have a patch kit for those two and then we'll probably carry two spares um on us if the thing's like completely just done for um and then the tire themselves i mean hopefully like if you, we hit something, it's just like a thorn or piece of glass. It doesn't like the tire is still usable, but I mean, we have like a small mechanical like kit, um, repair kit, but honestly, like we got to get more into that. You know, Chuck's holding enough right now. So, um, I think, I mean, I think that's what's that got like wrenches, tire tool, um, uh, patch kit. Um, I don't know what else is in their truck. I think we bring some cable, extra cable, like brake and shifter cable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's uh, as far as like bike specific gear. I think that's about it. Um, and then just the basic necessity, like helmet. We will be wearing a helmet. Um, can't afford another head injury. Um, just, I mean, the basic clothing, some rain gear, tent, sleeping bag um i mean I, and that's that's about it 
pretty as bare. We're going to try to go as bare bones as possible because the lighter the load, the better. And the tent and things like that, is there like a basket or are you going to put it on your back? How does that work? Yeah. So actually it, that, that's what I was kind of talking about with Katie's bike. It has these bags already on it. So that's hopefully right, yeah. we'll be able to fit, put it into one of there. If not, we can, um, uh, bungee cord it down somewhere. Cool. Either to John will have a rack on the back of his too. So that's nice. Um, kind of a random question, but one of the first things I thought of, cause you know, I knew that both Mark and John were going together. It still sounds so weird when I call you Mark Chuck, but anyways, um, one of the things I thought of is like, are you guys going to be like throwing in headphones, listening to music? Like I'm sure you'll talk and whatnot, or are you planning on talking the whole time, taking your surroundings, podcasts? Like, have you even thought about that part at all? I'd say a mix of all the above, you know, I'm in training, like, like we chat for a good amount, but then like there's sometimes when you're, it's been three hours and you just want to like, get the work done, you put in some music. So I think like a combination, um, but I think also like, you know, having objective every day will help it go faster than some of the scenery will be passing through. I think that's also going to like, you know, mentally, like, I mean, I think it like distract me in like a good way, almost like just to be able to like look around, but definitely a combination of all those tools. Yeah, exactly what he said. It'll be, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely, I don't know how easy it'll be to be, to talk honestly on, on some roads, on some roads, we'd be able to, but probably on some, if it's, if it's busy, we, we probably would have to ride one in front of the other and we might not be able to hear each other with wind and all that. But I mean, yeah, it, uh, n- nothing too crazy. It's just a mixture of all three. Cool. Cool. And uh, before I lead in this next point, I just remember this as far as Q and a goes, but things in general, um, after this releases, feel free to reach out to any of us really for questions. Um, but for further podcasts, you can reach out to me via Instagram or Iden. But I am Mike underscore all underscore day. Shameless plug there. Iden is two Iden four. Um, so yeah, just shoot us any questions you guys have, and um, you know I'm sure these guys will be on their phone. But if you want to be part of the pod- podcast, more than welcome to uh, message us there. Um, but we've kind of alluded to it a few different times. Um, and obviously there's a lot of reasons you're doing this, but let's talk about the charity. So I'll let you guys kind of take the platform there. And, um, one of the reasons you're doing this. Yeah. So, so during this time, um, we're going to be partnering with a charity called H2O for life who, um, they're pretty much who Katie spots. She raises money for with, with all of her challenges. She does. She's, it's on our website. I, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but I think it's over like four or 500,000 she's raised in totality. Um, but during our journey in particular, we're going to be raising money for two clean water projects for schools in um, Ghana and Nicaragua. Um, and just a little aside, I actually did a um, mission trip in 2018 in Nicaragua to dig like a water line so that the village could get access to clean water. So that actually, that hits home very well for me. And I, we could talk about that a little later if you want to. And it's just, just to like, see how happy people were even without access to clean water, but the fact that they knew they were getting it, like it, it was like the best thing ever. Um, 
but yeah, when I found out about this, this H2O for life charity, um, that Katie was so passionate about, I didn't really know too much or what it all entailed. So obviously I had to do my due diligence, do a little research, educate myself on that. And I'm be honest, I, I learned a ton about the clean water problems that we're having now around the world. And I felt pretty, I guess, ashamed, a little ashamed, honestly, that, that we're living in a bubble here in the U.S. and don't realize the number of people lacking access to clean water in the world. Um, I mean, Iden, let me, Iden, if I could get you for a second, sir, let me ask you a question, okay? Ask me, ask me any question. Right, right. Right, right. So, so pick, picture this, picture this situation, all right? I'm picturing it. You... The Cubes, Brian and Nino, you guys are going crazy on 2K. Um, You've been playing for hours, but like you've been talking a lot of smack. You've been talking a lot of smack. You're absolutely parched. What what are you going to do? Naturally, I just reach over and drink out of my flask some water. Exactly. Exactly. Like you wouldn't think twice about where you'd get your drink. Second nature. Second nature. I'd be on the mic. One controller in my left, water on the right. Yeah, that's not, that's that's exactly my point and kind of where I'm going with this and something I didn't realize at all. But like, I mean, we get we can get a drink whenever we want. There's water fountains everywhere. We take warm showers every day um, and we don't have to worry about like if the water we're drinking is going to make us sick. I mean, and meanwhile, in Africa or, or South America, there's people that have to walk miles and miles to the nearest water water source which even in that case the water could still be contaminated and contain like 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 deadly bacteria that could that could kill you so i mean it's it's pretty astonishing just as i as i was researching it that that stuff kind of blew me away and i mean led this to being something i'm didn't really know anything about before but now i'm very passionate about it and want to raise money and awareness for, for such a great cause. Speaking of which, we actually have a game for Mike and Iden um, about with some I, clean water I stats. Games. All right. Um, so it's seven best of seven series, seven questions. Can I say um, something really fast? I believe uh, Iden and I are, are, if we're not tied, we're very close as far as the games go for our records. I, I for the records, no. For the records, I believe I have a leg up. Oh, um, okay. For the All records, right. what's well, a short um, leg, my guy? I, yeah, it might be short, but it's still leg up. Um, I don't know. Maybe somebody should go back, listen to season one, and then mm. come back with a status report on on that record. If anyone does that, they can give an accurate record. You will win a Shroomin from Mad Mike's. Again, oh, that is a right, Shroomin right. from Mad Mike's. I'll actually buy you a Shroomin if someone does that. All right, so basically we're going to do, we're going to alternate who answers the question first. Um, Seven questions. Um, They're a little bit, a lot of, a lot of different types of questions. Um, You'll, you'll figure out as you go, obviously. Um, And that's about it. Any, any other questions you can um, ask as the game goes on. So I'll just start off with question number one. Um, Closest answer wins here. So since since Mike claims he's leading, we'll we'll let the underdog go first with Aiden. Um, how many people in this world, the entire world here, 
do not have access to safe drinking water. I need a number. <laughs> I feel like any number. I'm not stupid. No outside resources. Okay, well, here, okay. Some con- there's 7 billion people on Earth. Like okay, about beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, some okay. context. Thank you, thank you, John. That's, I think, I don't want to sound stupid because that number wasn't uh, <sighs> in my train of thought. Let me I wanted you to with, sound stupid. I I was <laughs> hoping you would say like like a hundred thousand or something. I was gonna think a couple mil, but no, <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I'd probably go like. Oh, there's a, that's a lot of people. I'd probably I'd probably say if if seven bill, I'd go one point three bill. Crazy number. One point three bill. Bill with a B. All right. I uh, I'm gonna go with two, two billion. Interesting, interesting. So we have uh, Doctor with one bill, Mike with two. The correct answer is two point one billion. Let's go, let's go. Mike is pretty much right on the money. So that's actually twenty nine percent of the world. About a little over one in four people do not have access to safe drinking water. Uh, just real fast, I would like to take my excitement back. That's actually extremely unfortunate. <laughs> I do apologize. Um, you know, aside from the game, that that's a lot of people. Two billion, two point one billion people. That's unfathomable. Like, ooh. real quick, just because I I was like in 2019, the population of like New York City, which like you know when you step in the city, you're like, holy crap, that's so many people, is only 8.5 million. Yeah. So that's like math I can't even do. So it's like, think about how many New York cities are filled with like worldwide of New York City population that don't have access to clean water. Like that's really crazy when you put it into perspective. No, I think like when we were like first started going through this, like doing research on these charities, like that also hit me, like just the number of people, like it's just like Mark was saying, it's just nothing you think about ever like day to day. And then like, that's like one out of four people. I, I just like wow. I, you know that's what i'm saying like i didn't know i'm none of us knew other than mike mike was right on the money with the guests um and yeah that's that's why I, I and john as well are just so passionate about raising money for this cause um yeah but john you want to hit him with question two yeah let's do it all right so in africa so ghana when the schools were raising money for um on average, how far do people walk um, each day to collect water in uh, miles? Okay, I'll, I'll try this one first. Um, and these are tough questions. Like, I want the answers to be so, so little, but um, I think I've heard one time up to like three miles, even. That's my guess, three miles. I'll, I'll one up, Mike. Uh, I'll go like in the seven range. So Mike, Mike was right again, 3.5 miles on average. So uh, on average, 3.5 miles to collect and haul 40 pounds. So, I mean, that's an incredible amount of weight too, to carry for three and a half miles. Um, and these people are doing that multiple times a day as well. I mean, you got to think every time you want to take a like, bathe, you know, if you're washing, cleaning something and drinking water. So um, I think like, you know, like one of the points is made like for these projects is just the amount of resources that like these communities have to expend like just to go fetch water in the time. So 
you know, you get a well built at one of these schools or communities and that's just hours of time these people can spend, you know, doing other things rather than just focusing on fetching water, something we just, you know, walk into our kitchen and just flip the tap on. So I think that's like the access. I think that's like a, a big, big sticking point for these people and something that would be great to help with. All right. So moving on to question three. Just to recap, Mike has a 2-0 lead. Um, so how many deaths each year is unsafe drinking water responsible for? How many deaths each year is unsafe drink unsafe water in general, not necessarily drinking? How many deaths each year is unsafe water responsible for? I apologize for my um, misspeaking right there, but I'm looking for a number. This has to be the saddest game I've ever played. Um, the, que the questions, the questions will get more, a, a little less sad. I do apologize. No, no. I mean, it's, it's the reality. I mean, it needs to be talked about. Um, yeah. Aiden, you're first. I guess. Again, I just like, I just, I don't even, like, I, I can't even guess. Like, I just don't know what number. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I, go ahead. I was, no, just go ahead. I was going to give a little bit of a hint, but here, I'm not here, actually. Here's here me, here's me. Okay. Um. So the number one, leading cause um again that i think i believe this is from 20 20 i think it's 2019 this chart was from um the number one cause of death that year was high blood pressure at 10.85 million so i'm gonna 12. submit an answer is 7 million that's my answer I, let's just throw out a i'll just go out with a five five mil so I, I, and you're actually closer. Um, it's 1.2 million. So that's, uh, that was 2.2% of the global deaths, but 6% um, in low income countries. Um, but yeah, like, like the, a lot of diseases caused primarily by unsafe drinking water and poor sanitation um, bring, bring about that. Um, and again, these, these stats, most of them are from, um ourworldanddata.org um that's that's citing our source there so if anything is slightly off i do apologize all right so moving on to our next question here um this pertains to Nicar nicaragua specifically um one of the sites we're going to be trying to raise money for um so what percentage of people living in like the countryside in nicaragua do not have access to clean water uh just percentage Okay, percentage. Um, and Chuck, that's where you said you went, correct? Okay. Yes, sir. Um, man, these are tough. I'm, I'm just gonna say thirty-five. That's just a guess. Mike, I think we're in the same ballpark. I was gonna go like forty-five. Well, Mike, you hit it right on the head. It's 37%. So yeah. that's a lot of people, you know, over one in three. So again, I mean, these, this game isn't very fun, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I think these stats, they say a lot. So one in um, three. Yeah. Wow. 
But Mark, Mark's got some good news with this next question, though. All right. I think, I think, yeah. So I do apologize. We did have to get the facts out there. People need to be educated because that's, I mean, when, when I, when we were doing the research, we were just startled by all this, but now the next, the next three questions, the final three are a little more upbeat, luckily. So how much money do you think it costs to provide one person with clean drinking water for the rest of their lives? Okay. Rest of the life. Um, I didn't, I believe you were actually first on this one. Just to recap, the score is three to one. Mike all day currently sits in the lead. You said per person, right? The question was per person. So for their whole, whole life. Yeah. Let's say I did not have access to clean drinking water. How much money would it cost to supply me with that for the rest of my life? Um, I'll go something. I don't know. A little smaller um number uh i'll say like forty thousand. i'm gonna say uh for one person i'm gonna say ten thousand. interesting okay so just just to make sure i heard you guys you said and you said forty thousand. yeah i guess i don't know i'm off of everything so you said you said ten thousand, mike I did. So based on research and consulting with a few um, people in the H2O for Life organization, um, it only costs $50. That's five zero fifty. Oh. And this includes, this includes water for the rest of their lives plus hygiene education. That's such a small amount, like $50. You just don't go out to eat for for a few weeks, you can supply someone with clean water for the rest of their lives. Um, that's that's pretty insane if you really think about it. Um, and just to just to go a little more in, into detail on that, that's part of H2O for Life's WASH program that they have. Um, it imp- it actually implements a hygiene education aspects into the schools it supports. So um, that that goes into preventing those diseases that we talked about earlier that cause a lot of the deaths due to on unsafe drinking conditions i mean that question alone i think like if this isn't if this game isn't getting you guys fired up i don't know what will i mean it's eye-opening as just you think about the crazy number of people that don't have clean water and then how little the cost is to fix it for all those people like yeah, and these two guys are—they're biking across, they're biking, an ungodly amount of miles. For a lot of reasons, but I mean, this is this is definitely a big one. So, I mean, let's rally around them. Let's <laughs> let's get open up those checks, man. Let's go. Let's solve some problems. I mean, oh, come sure. on, this is a perfect opportunity to, and it sounds like this is an awesome organization, and you know, but we'll put out the link and everything, obviously, but. If you're if you're feeling generous at all, or sorry for anyone, which I feel horrible right now, just sitting here, I'm looking at my water, I'm like, okay, yeah, another thing. But let's rally around them and uh, let's get some numbers up because that's that's an easy fix in my eyes. I will will link it into this podcast in the description. We'll have it. I know Chuck, you'll definitely have it on your Instagram. I'll probably have it on my Instagram in my link on Instagram. 
Because this, yeah, this is, this is something we should all be taking a lot more serious. All right, are we ready to go to the next question? All right, so we're going back to a little middle school geography with this one. So Florida is considered a peninsula. What is a peninsula? This is a first come first question or? Yeah, yeah, first come okay. first. I'll buzz myself in first. <laughs> I'm, geography, I like geography. That's like a landmark with three bodies or like three sides of water covering it or surrounding yeah. it. I didn't, wow. you are correct. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I like geography. All right. So bonus, bonus. What three Go bodies ahead. of water surround Florida then? Mm, Atlantic I didn't, Ocean. You can get, you I, can get no, an extra I, I point here. I, I got it. I got it. Atlantic Ocean, the Caribbean Sea, Caribbean Sea for, you know, pronunciation, and then the Gulf of Mexico. Yes, sir. Nailed it. Great, great. Wow. So this is, this is, Cleveland Cavaliers 2016 or yeah 2016 vibe so Mike had he actually had a 4-1 lead you pretty much won the series there Mike but because of that bonus question Iden has now made it four to three oh going into the last question you you oh. really can't make this stuff up I promised all <laughs> you listening this is not scripted at all this is this is completely bonkers and I mean, you couldn't ask for a better showing out of these two fellows right here. I'll tell you that. So this question's for all the marbles. All right. Um, okay. Whoever, whoever really wants to can answer first for this one. Just, just it, I'm looking for a number again. Okay. Let's do geography. I like geography more. Um, it has a little geography uh, aspect to it, Aiden. Okay. Yeah. So we, we're ending in Florida. We're starting in Lake Erie, right? So of all the lakes in the world, what is Lake Erie ranked in terms of size? Of all the lakes in the world, not just the yeah. Great Lakes? Of all the lakes in the entire world. And mm-hmm. we're talking we're talking surface area, not that's that's just the top, no no depth. Sure. I'm going to say Lake Erie is number twelve. I'll keep it close. I'm gonna go number number nine. I'm gonna take it. Mike's under. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. So Lake Erie is ranked globally as the eleventh largest lake in the world. Mike all day again puts on another exhibition. It got a little close at the end, but his fingers didn't tremble at all. What a performance! Wow, you could call him the king of these games. Well, hey, I took the quick dub, and according to Iden, we're tied in the series, but I don't know if that's accurate. So, someone got to fact check this one. I lost in the misery in there. <laughs> Poor guy. Ah, pain. Well, those are good stats, though. I mean, they... those were some. No, those, no, for real, those were some. Actually, um, it was a positive, more positive ending. But you know, those were some serious facts, some important facts that everybody needs to hear. Open some so, eyes, say the least. Going off of that, I, if you guys don't mind, I'd like to launch into a little more detail about um, our goal for funding, and then. 
we we know exactly what um we are going to fund like where the money's going to go it's it's really cool it's really cool um so over the course of the ride we'll be aiming to raise five thousand and sixty eight dollars to fund two total projects um the first project again i again the first one's in nicaragua um san san luis achiote i believe it's pronounced uh could be a little off on that so if so i apologize that one is building three new latrines and a hand washing station at a school there um and that goes to impact 73 people and then the second project um this one actually had a little more of a description there uh about it and again um, you can see these where, where you go to donate. I'll, I'll give, give the link here in a second. The second project is for Akomi Senior High Technical School in Ghana in Africa. Um, so just to give a little detail, the school has, hasn't received any major development um, or funding from the government since its establishment. Um, so the community always has to come together, support the school through um, communal labor, just out of their own uh, volunteer, out of their own pocket, they got to use use their money and funds and resources to support it. Um, so, being that's the only school in that area, the the population of the school is six hundred seventy. Uh, I think that includes students, faculty, and staff. Um, so, the schools it's called a borehole well, basically just like a water well, where hold the ground where you can reach reach the water. Um, and they actually have a picture of what this looks like too on, on the page. Um, it's been broken for, for years. So the students have to go out like in the middle of school day and fetch water from various sources. Um, and these sources are typically miles away, um, especially during the dry season, the situation gets even worse. Um, and the students have to wait in like lo in long lines to get their turn at the various water sources. Um, just so they can get like a drink of water in, in the middle of school day. I mean, and like, this is a, this is in Africa. So it's not, it's not cold out. You're going to be pretty thirsty. <laughs> um, so it, uh, we kind of touched on it earlier, but this, this time they spend going to and from the water source to fetch the water. That's, that's probably multiple times a day. And that's, wasted time that could be devoted towards school, toward learning, toward establishing relationships with teachers, with classmates, um, all that. So what the money is going toward is fixing that, that borehole that's located at the school. So they can, they can just directly pump water so they don't have to waste time going um, to other water sources to, to get it. It's good to know too. It's like, you know exactly where it's going and you guys are funding particular projects, which is cool too. And yeah, I mean, let's raise some money. So, where can we donate, Chuck? The link itself, I'll I'll say it now. It's kind of it's kind of a long one. Let me start. It's h two o for lifeschools dot org. Um, that's h number two o. Um, h two o for lifeschools dot org slash sponsors slash one zero eight two. H two o for lifeschools dot org slash sponsors slash one zero eight two. Um, but we'll have that, we'll have that link, um, in the description for the podcast. So I don't worry about me botching it and then trying to figure out what it is. And then I'll also have it in my, um, Instagram bio, um, John, John will too. Um, and I mean, if, if you're having trouble 
finding out where it is. Just ask one of us, we'll, we'll lead you to the website. And like I said, what's cool about the website, you can see. So if you scroll down to the bottom of the page where you donate, you can see these two schools. You can click on them. It gives you a description. You can see pictures of what they look like. You can see that borehole that's broken. Um, it's, it's really cool. And it's so like, I love this organization because you know exactly where the money is going and how you're helping out. And all the, it's, it's not like last time GoFundMe took out a little portion. It's all, all the money's going directly to them. No, no, no weird percentage taken out or anything. That's awesome. And as I said before, I mean, I think that'd be awesome if we could just rally behind them and, you know, obviously what they're doing is an incredible feat and uh yeah let's raise some money that's that's really cool and i'm glad we got some stats just to kind of hit home and just make it more real unfortunately but hopefully we can make a difference here so let's donate and um to you both uh remind us of the start date again may 2nd may 2nd so keep looking for that and as always you know keep Following along, we got Chuck1411. Follow him on the gram. John, I apologize. What's your Instagram, man? Shout it out. Oh, dude, I don't even know. Honestly, I'd have to look that up. <laughs> I don't think John's posted dude, I'm not, on Instagram in like 10 the, years. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not much of a social media guy, to be honest. But maybe this yeah, we'll, throw in the, we'll throw in the description at the yeah. bottom. Yeah, there we go. So follow these guys in the description. Again, that link should be in the description as well go ahead and donate um but we will just like mark's walk before we will follow along um kind of give updates and you know follow the journey what they've done and what they've encountered but gentlemen it's been an absolute pleasure once again and we'll be talking soon appreciate it boys thank you guys let's ride yes sir